Welcome to Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Today we have Tristan Barber. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm really, I'm in your house. And you I'm are. And I'm very yeah. grateful. This, we're in Brussels. Uh, you do comedy in, you run a couple of shows, a couple of shows in Brussels, right? I sure do. Uh, so I co-run one show called Insecure et Dangereux. Mm -hmm. We do... Uh, Did you think of, is that your name that you... No, it, it goes back uh, from 2018. I wasn't originally... So it was back in 2018 the show was formed, mm -hmm. and and uh, when it was formed, basically there was some uh, meeting of uh, some guy posted on a Facebook group saying I want to start a comedy show. A friend mm -hmm. tagged me in it. I showed up to it. I had never done comedy before. I didn't realize that it was to organize a comedy show. Okay. So I showed up to the initial meeting. <laughs> I sat around while people talked about starting a comedy show, and then I left. Okay. And they started the show, um, started a little Facebook group, and somewhere I think in the chat somebody said Insecurity Dangereux, because of course Brussels is a pretty French-speaking city. Mm -hmm. like it's um, one of the most kind of vulnerable names I've ever seen for a comedy show. I really like it. Yeah. And uh, so that's yeah. So that's sort of where the uh, where the origins of the name came from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was also where I performed for the first time, mm -hmm. because a few months after this, I went away, and it took me about five months to get to the point where I was like, ah, oh, you know what, if I go up on stage and I suck, that's fine because it's the first time I've done it. Yes. Now I don't have that excuse, but... <laughs> <laughs> but we're always learning and it's yeah. always different, um, a different set of atmospheric, you know, circumstances. So it's like, it's not, like, you can have, you can still, like, everyone still bombs, no matter how experienced Oh, totally. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's the beauty of it. So it's Insecure and Dangereux, yeah. and then the other one is Countdown, right? Yeah, Countdown Comedy Club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that one's been running since uh, 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a weekly open mic. Mm -hmm. So first when Insecure started, it was every two weeks on Wednesday nights in this bar. It was a very uh, punk rock kind of vibe because it was in a basement, but there were about six seats there, so everybody had to stand. Oh, cool. And it was a sort of, I would say it was the first English grassroots comedy show in the sense that it was really just people from... Brussels living there wasn't a big professional show. It was just yep. starting in this basement. Mm -hmm. And within a few months, it was just every show was packed. I love it. it I full. love that. Yeah. And since then, uh, a year later, started doing that big show at Obasan, the one that you played last night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now it's, uh, it's quite a, quite a well-known show in the city. Very it's fun huge. to play. Big it's room. Huge yeah. room. Like the capacity is much more than what, like you could cram more people in there. Yeah, we couldn't last year because they changed the seating arrangements around. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I think we could definitely fit some more now that they've changed the seating arrangements around. It's, impre it's, it's impressively a um, like a lofty, big ceiling, uh, yeah. deep. Very, yeah, um, I, I, lo I loved the room. I loved the room. And like as high as the ceiling is and as light as it is, yes. um, the lighting's actually quite well. Like it's, it's good lighting. The sound was good. Yeah, I was I was really like a fucking lovely space to perform. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that because I always tell people it's a nice room, but I'm like I probably should just let the proof be in the pudding, as yeah. they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although it is yeah. like you do got walk into a room that's got a, a big high ceiling, and you go, oof, this might get a bit tough. Like whether yeah. or not the laughter is actually going to just dissipate immediately, or yeah, it can happen. It can happen, but like I've there's a there's a room in Berlin where it looks like the perfect comedy room, like it's basement, low ceiling. Um, but somehow the ceiling, it's weird, but somehow the ceiling swallows the laughter. Uh -huh. Like it doesn't bounce it back. It's like it sucks it out, yeah. which is so weird. Like I've had really good shows there, but it's still like, it'll laugh. And then it's just like, it, like it's a bizarre acoustic setup. Whereas I felt, felt like last night, Obesan, it's like, you could really like it, like the acoustics were good for laughter. You can feel the laughter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you can feel it when uh, you get a lack of laughter. I remember because yes. when I was first starting out, I performed there very early on. And I just remember being on stage and being like, all right, <laughs> this is what it feels like in a big room when people aren't laughing too much. Oh, yeah. They were curious. <laughs> they were very curious. They were paying attention. But yeah. Oh man, it's tough. It's tough, but yeah, I I, I don't always bomb. It's been like two minutes into the podcast. I'm like, yeah, I suck. No, you don't <laughs> suck. No, but like it's really. No. But the thing is, you, you've um, maybe it's fresh in your mind because you've just taken a break, so you're a bit yeah, a bit like oh, getting back into it. That's that thing. No, I guess it's also just thinking about those early days of the comedy as well. Mm -hmm. Just uh, because of talking about insecurity, dangereux, and it's like. Uh, 
thinking about those early days and really just having no idea. The first time I emceed, I remember it was like, I, I, I can't, I, I opened up with some weird skit pretending that the audience wasn't there. Oh God, that sounds really funny. It was, <laughs> it's funny in a cringy sort of way. Yeah, I was going to say cringe, but I'm like, that's not my place to say that. It's no, it was, absolutely. I, I remember as I was doing it, feeling bad for the audience. Oh, those moments of like, yeah. why am I doing this to them and myself? Why, yeah. why? This felt like a good idea. This is, this yeah. is bad. Um, I remember my first hosting gig, like I did lots of guest hosting before I did my own show, but it's so yeah. different when you do your own show and you're all alone out there and you're making all the decisions that are bad and you're doing all the, and like, yeah, like I guest hosted quite, like I guess hosted maybe 10 shows before I, I started my own, but then one, when you're fully in, in, in charge and you're like opening the show and then you got to carry it across both halves, it was just... Um, I remember just being like, oh, this is, uh, I've got so much work to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And just, it's a roller coaster. Oh, right? And, and particularly with crowd work, I think the first things with crowd work is just like realizing quite quickly, okay, I really need to check in with myself and feel confident um, that my, my opinions and my feelings and my jokes are all grounded in places of non-discrimination and love and that like, I've just got to trust that everything that I say and I think is not in any way like actually offensive. Like it might be laughing yeah. at people, but I actually don't hold anything that's like that, that could hurt people in my, in my heart. You know what I mean? And so trusting that. So then being able to be mean instead of just being nice to fucking everyone, you know, yeah. like that took a long time. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because I guess it maybe also comes from uh, being Canadian and having this sort of place where I feel like it's, people say it's a, people are very nice from Canada and that is true to an extent, but once you get to know people, it's, mm. I would describe it more as a passive aggressive place yeah. or a place where it can just be very hard to tell what's going on. Yes. People don't always speak in, uh, about their emotions mm -hmm. in the direct sense of like, oh, somebody did something that kind of slighted me mm -hmm. and you're, you'd rather, oh, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, but it's not okay. Yeah. Maybe something upsets you or bothers you. And so for me as well, and I think just even being in the professional world for a while and trying to be very much like a yes man, like, yes, mm -hmm. okay, even when I didn't like something. Yeah. So the process of going through that and then as an MC, as doing crowd work, realizing... I don't like what that person just said and that's okay. Yeah. There's, a, there's like a power in that and that's fun. Yes. It creates some kind of conflict and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean no. you're insulting somebody. You might just have a different opinion from somebody about something. Yeah. And yeah. you can play with that and there yeah. is funny in that. And yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The Canadian thing. Like I, um, I, I met, <laughs> I think you're a lovely person oh, and your girlfriend you. is so fucking lovely. She's pretty cool too. She's yeah. really cool. Uh, and it's not just because you're letting me stay. <laughs> but Australians, culturally, Australians are probably of all the like native English speakers, Australians are the most direct in like insane things as they are. like like there's like a, a friendliness but we're a lot more direct whereas like the brits will just like go around in circles yeah they can still be more kind of emotionally authentic than i would say north american english speakers so both Can canadians and americans uh or u.s citizens it can be like they think that I'm a fucking asshole from the start. Like as in if I'm if I'm bantering yeah. in the way I will, like that's way too aggressive for the culture there. And I've like, and also just yeah. like often connecting with um, U.S. citizens particularly, it can like, I'm just not sure where the fuck they stand on an authentic emotional level. Like, oh, often me too. It's one of my yeah. struggles when I go back home to Canada. Yeah, right. I sometimes feel completely and totally lost in this world. If like, oh, did I just say something that upset somebody because I was making a light joke, but that was meant as a, as a joke. Yeah. I didn't, or it was just like, I think I just looking from somebody's face, like a little twitch that I see, I'm like, oh no, I, I So I sometimes feel really lost when I come home mm -hmm. too. Yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also with like uh, with Brits, I remember when a uh, British comedian uh, here in Brussels at some point, I, I suggested like a, a tag for him on a joke. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which I, it was unsolicited, so my bad. I'm one of those guys. You're allowed to throw a tag yeah. at someone. But but he was like, hmm, interesting. Food for thought. I'll 
consider it. And I was like, wow, he just said four, uh, like he said no in four Always. different ways, Yeah, which yeah. was very impressive, like in such a short amount of time. That's, that is a very great little example to demonstrate how the English will be direct at least. Like yes. in, in way, like all of those are so, saying, I'm like, like, nah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's different versions of fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But the thing is they'll, they'll sort of, they soften it by by jump going around the problem, like circling it, yes. uh, and like multiple times, as opposed to I feel like in the US they'd be like, oh yeah, that's great, yeah. thanks, and oh. it's like no hint of sarcasm either. Like I feel like US people and maybe can I can't speak for Canadians yeah. as much, but I also yeah. But the, I, sm the smile you gave while you said that was actually <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. We're also trained to be like customer service machines yes. in North America. Yes. And it's so funny because when I go into restaurants now and I see 18, 19 year olds, like I see myself as well in those moments where I just see like the, the server is too awkward to respond because they don't know how to deal with anything other than just being like really positive yes. about something. And it's like, yo, you don't have to love everything I say. If you just rolled your eyes at me right now, I'd probably find that quite funny. Like my family, <laughs> we are being idiots right now. My brother and I are flipping creamers and I'm 35 and he's 37. Like it's all right if you just walked up and said, grow up kids. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can be real with me. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder how much it is, how much the North American kind of, I wouldn't call it insincerity, but almost like a superficiality of emotional expression, let's say. That even yeah. sounds a bit mean, but... No, no, but I think it's, I think it's quite accurate. Yeah. Um, I wonder, but uh, yeah, where does it come from? Like, I'm cute, like... The I'm, Brits? I'm, <laughs> like, it's a reaction to the... To, it's an yeah. overcorrection to the British way or to the... I think it's... In, in a lot of ways, it is kind of similar to the British, I think, where, mm. in, where you sometimes disguise your intentions and sometimes I wonder if mm. people really know what they want. Mm. But maybe I say this because for years, I didn't know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know how to say yes or no. Back when I was in university, I, I dated this girl for four years. She's uh, Canadian, but, like, her family's from Vietnam. Okay, yeah. And, uh... And so and the Vietnamese are extremely direct. <laughs> yeah, and and I remember like multiple moments when her mom would like ask me if I wanted to do something and I'd be like, "Well, we could do this." And I remember her just being like, "Do you want to do it or not?" <laughs> and the truth was, I remember like getting those questions for years and just being like, "I don't know." Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to do it. So how much of it is that we've used language as a way to kind of uh, so like Anglos have used language as a way to distract from really checking in and like checking in with your feelings even. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's, it's an interesting question. I think it's, uh. I think it's tough because with that kind of thing, there's so much about, well, I just don't want to upset people around me. Yes. It's this sort of politeness, but it's like a politeness that eats away at you and mm -hmm. can be very... Yeah. Very, um, yeah, like... Uh, disconcerting. Disconcerting, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, but my, my, my sort of um, sub-theory sub around, like, I, and then I, not sub-theory, but it's like a thing around Canadians. It's like, I, I started with saying that you and your girlfriend are really fucking lovely, and yeah. I mean that with true sincerity. But that, um, that always comes with a but. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, um, I've just sort of known, like, got to, gotten to know a, a, a whole run of Canadians that are actually bitchy mean motherfuckers like oh, yeah. and it's almost like because canada has this reputation of being so nice that there's like that you guys have been kind of not you but like the canadians have been taking advantage of that and are actually like like mean little bitches oh, like i have it i have it so easy in europe like i'm exotic in europe really yeah which is which is great I'm also, for me yeah as a kiwi like yeah. when i identify more as a kiwi than an aussie yeah. i am very exotic like i have immigration like customs like you know immigration officers yeah. getting excited by my passport because they genuinely haven't seen one before you know they're like oh like if i'm going through a smallish airport they'll be oh, like nice. oh wow like they just haven't yeah. seen a new zealand passport before yeah but it is very funny but i mean when you look i mean Canada's also like a brutally, like it's, it's a country that has committed genocide against its mm -hmm. own population. Same as Australia. Yeah, yeah. Our, our favorite sport is ice hockey, which is absolutely brutal. And mm -hmm. like, it's a really, really, I love the sport. I love playing it. I love watching it and everything, mm -hmm. but it is, what's wow. toxic, What's toxic about it? Cause I don't know shit about ice hockey. I just know that they ram into each other and like the game, like the, the fighting is kind of encouraged. 
Yeah, I mean, the I fighting is fighting has actually reduced a bit in the last few years. Okay. This, that's right. It's probably taken 10 minutes for a Canadian to start talking about hockey on a podcast. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I've gotten I had, in. I'm trying, I think I've had, I've had one other, I think I had Dion, Dion on my podcast. Yeah. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I've, I've had another. I had Scott Reynolds on my podcast. Like I'm, yeah. I'm sure I've had like other Canadians, but yeah, no, I think you're the first one to oh, talk about ice hockey. So nice. you, you win. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I think... Um, it's just this very sort of toxic masculine culture. Okay. And a lot of things that are appreciated in hockey are often like, well, that player just had his leg bent backwards and he's back on the ice 20 minutes later. Shit. Which, of course, is a big contrast to football, soccer, where, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo gets flicked in the shoulder and he's <gasps> flying halfway across the field and right. writhing around on the ground. And nobody likes that. No, but at the same time, there is a bit of a toxic culture in hockey, which is like tough it out. But like some people are in real physical pain. There's also like a pretty huge amount of abuse that goes on on that level. Oh, yeah. If you're curious, uh, there's a there's a podcast recently released about a lot of different allegations regarding, uh, well, rape, uh, racism. Are we talking like within the teams or are we talking about like individual players in their lives? It can be as in like as in like are they raping each other or is this like <laughs> that... players players who who go out and rape uh you know like outside like how many I think they only say rape a few ones <laughs> yeah. how are they raping <laughs> <laughs> so it's a great question allow me to answer that for you uh like I I I quit hockey when I was like eleven and honestly like. It made me sad for years that I, because I, I still love to play, and I, but I never got that good because I quit at 11 years old. Mm. But then when I started to hear stories about hockey and people's elder, like later years in the high school and this sort of thing, it's all different kinds of stuff. Mm. Uh, back in, uh, I can't remember exactly what, what year it was, but there are some pretty recent allegations about a junior hockey team gang raping a woman. And this is not the first time this allegation has happened, like with hockey teams. And... I was back home a while ago and we were just sitting around having a chat with some comedians after a show at some point and the guy's like, I can't, he said something about grabbing each other's asses mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, but it wasn't sexual because it was hockey and I'm like, wasn't it though? And he's like, touche. Mm, okay. <laughs> so there's, I think there's a lot of different levels to it, but because I, I quit pretty early, it's not like I saw much when I was young. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't super aware of it, but mm -hmm. yeah, looking, looking on sort of a wider wider it, lens yeah it's stepping like, back and, yeah Ugh. that said i still i still love to watch hockey so no that's, that doesn't yeah. make you a rapist i'm <laughs> <laughs> really glad to hear that you have me sweating there for a minute i officially clear your name you're uh, <laughs> can watch hockey not a rapist um <laughs> but like i suppose i suppose that I, i'm ignorant when it comes to sporting uh cultures but that's that, that, that kind of um, toxic masculinity seems to maybe be in a lot of different sporting cultures, I it's guess. certainly not the only one. Yeah. I can't really speak to a, a lot of other sports because I don't pay as much attention to them. Mm -mm. But for sure it's there. Like, I'm absolutely sure the sort of masculine side of things, people being forced to play through injuries, yeah. being, you know, just sort of this sort of man up mentality yeah yeah which yeah. is uh very often quite toxic and damaging to absolutely to young young men and boys who are taught that you know you can't say anything or you can't speak about talking about emotions and people exactly. not being able to express their emotions and feelings these are the kinds of ways that they come about i think yes yeah, yeah totally super yeah. super damaging for yeah. all involved Fuck. Um, okay, so you mentioned dating a little bit. I'm curious because I've like I didn't I didn't have Brussels on my radar at all as being a city that I'd be like, oh, this is cool, and uh, I'm shocked. Not shocked, but just like no one had talked about how cool Brussels is. And so yes. I'm just one like yeah. So I was curious about you. You mentioned your dating life before, but you yeah. moved here with your partner, right? Uh, no, I initially moved in 2014, mm -hmm. uh, and we weren't together back okay. then. Yeah. Uh, so we we got together. We were we had kind of dated back in Canada before that. Okay. Um, but then uh, we I was like a few years later that I was single and I was back in Canada and mm -hmm. we met up and it was very quickly like. How you doing? <laughs> like it was very clear, but it was a bit more. You know, it was it was very clear that things were things were going. So she moved over a few years later. So, yeah, I was uh, I was single for a while in uh, in Brussels. 
I'd say like it's a. Uh, What's the sexiest way to say Brussels? Is it Bruxelles? Bru- Bru- how do you say that? What it are the other sound names? Doesn't very sexy when nah, you say it. No, like I that. don't know how to say it. What are the What are the other names for it? Because everything's got three names, right? I don't know. I'm I'm a bit partial to the train way of saying it, like the the train Flemish. Dames and Heren, the Wolgenholt is Brussel. Brussel. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Dames and Heren, the Wolgenholt is Brussel Nord. <laughs> That's the best. I like that one. Yeah. I don't know if sexiest is the I'm, right word for that. But. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not sure about sexy. Yeah. But yeah. And what's the, what's the Flemish name for Brussels? Brussel. The, oh, that's the Flemish <laughs> it's, name? It's just like uh, in English, but without the S on the end. Okay, Brussel. And then the so French? For like, yeah, the French, it's uh, Bruxelles. B-R-U-X-E-L-L-E-S. But the way I pronounced it, if you're like from Bruxelles, I probably just said it wrong because French say it like Bruxelles with the X there, Bruxelles. whereas people from Brussels tend to say it more like Bruxelles. Bruxelles. So it has less of the X sound to it. Yeah, less of the... Apparently. I've okay. honestly, I speak French and I've never, never noticed it. But people tell me that's what it is, so I believe them. I'm, okay. That's, I'm not they natu- care. Yeah. You don't. They, like... I'm not just, I'm just not naturally gifted with languages. I speak them because I have to. Yeah. You know, like, and I like it, but I'm not, it's not my gift. It's just... Okay. Yeah. Now you were saying the other night that you yeah, needed to be forced into it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, um, but, but yeah, the dating and like, so how yeah. is dating and like, what is it, what is, what's the reputation that the city has for dating? Judging by all of the people that come on the comedy shows and talk about Tinder, it seems pretty rough these days. It seems it seems a bit rough. Um, it seems pretty rough ro- worldwide, but yeah, I think everyone, I think I think the big issue is that with the advent of and proliferation of dating apps, people have an inflated um, expectation of success in dating because all of a sudden you can do it from any location you can be swiping you can meet and so there's this heightened um yeah expectation that oh i can meet people easily and it's like no it's still just as hard you've just got some different avenues that you can you can take advantage of so yeah i don't know yeah i don't know i mean i i think when i was dating it was i mean it was it was fun like it's a very sociable city yeah it seems it's social very right? like great outgoing bars. extroverted it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, you know, it's the home of the European Union, so people come from all over and move here. Mm-hmm. NATO, just really people from all over the world, really from mm-hmm. everywhere that come and move here. So it makes for a very sociable and outgoing kind of city. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time what people find is if they're they're looking for something a bit more serious, it can be tough because, okay. you know, you might start dating somebody and then six months later their internship ends. Okay. I mean, that was, that was when I was younger anyways. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, people move here for a few years and then realize, like, I, I need to go back to Spain because I'm tired of this, uh, okay. the weather or whatever, and okay. that kind of thing. So it's so, a bit transient. Yeah, it's a very yeah. it's a very transient city. Okay, that's interesting. Like, the fact that I Maybe still... Maybe that's why I like it. I'm like, ah, yeah. I feel the change in the air. <laughs> it's always moving. You can escape <laughs> if you ever need. Yeah, it's not... Escape is not too far away. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there are quite a few people like me that have been around for many years, but a lot of people kind of come and go. Mm-hmm. So it's very transient and it moves a lot. So I think that can make the dating scene fun, but also if you're looking for something serious, tricky, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can be tough. Yeah. Because you never know, you know, what, what, what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, right. But I wonder how much that is for, like, I wonder how much when we talk about, tra- like, I feel like in Australia... Um, there's a limit to the transience that can exist because once you're there, it's very hard to leave flight-wise. Like, it's just like, it's, to get out of Australia, it's expensive. Like, that's yeah. why when you meet Australians, they're usually doing the three-month trip in Europe. And, you know, and so they, once they leave, they, they do a big stint, but then they go back. And then they're fucking there. And for them to do another European holiday, they have to be doing pretty well and have no dependents. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a it's a big island far from everything. Also like yeah. expensive, so even to probably like afford a ticket off, you got to Just to and just to exist as <laughs> expensive. Yeah. However, pay like wages are much higher, but just the the time that you need to take to leave, you know, like to get to Europe. So I think um, I bring that up cuz in contrast like in Europe, everything the proximity to all the other cities and cultures and your within the EU as well what the EU does is means that you can Quite easily, any anyone that's got like a work permit or a residency in any city can work everywhere else. Yes. It's like oh, yeah, Europe it's has awesome. become a lot more maybe transient. Like you can flit about through Europe, work and live very easily. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I came over before Brexit happened, so mm-hmm. I was able to come over on like a, a European Union passport. Nice. Uh, yeah, just 
really got the lottery with my uh, like my Indian dad heritage. being born in the UK. Yeah, exactly. Ah, and you did it in time to be able to. Yeah, and I moved over before. Yeah, years before Brexit, so yeah. I was able to go down. Like I, I did a program down in Spain. I was in Austria for a while. Yeah. Trying to get my Belgian citizenship now. We'll see in the yeah. next few months. Uh, I'm working on my German, actually. Like, I'm going to get German yeah. citizenship. Yeah. yeah. And and once you have that, it does make it so much easier. I mean, I've, I have a friend. He was waiting to get his uh, his Belgian citizenship. He worked here for five years, got his uh, Belgian citizenship. And I would say less than six months later, him and his wife had moved to Spain. <laughs> hey, that's amazing. And I remember him telling me beforehand. And I was like, yeah, man. I mean... Why not? Why not, dude? You can go and live in Barcelona, Barcelona. Barcelona. Like, go and live it up over there. It just there. sounds great. like a happier lifestyle, you know? Like, yeah. I'm, I don't discount Spain as an option for where I'll move to once I'm like, once I'm kind of like retired. Like, not that I'm ever going to stop doing comedy, but like once I get to the point where, you know, like, hopefully the kid that I have is like doing its own thing. And, uh, and once I'm sort of, yeah, like the place that I'd like to live, like get sick and die in is, you know, I think I, Spain would be, would be good. Spain is amazing. I lived in Valencia for six months. Oh yeah. Just, what a cool city. Cool. I hear really cool things about Valencia. Actually. I should stop telling people. Apparently it's becoming more popular, but you know, it's too late now. I think yeah. the whole region is gorgeous. The city itself is like, it's just really nice. They have the mm -hmm. Turia, which is like a dried up riverbed. Okay. So you can go in there. There's like, it's a super active city. So always like during the summer, fall, winter, even like people are working out in the Turia. Okay. You can go for long walks on there. Uh, park. They've got and some crazy festival I know. Were you there for the Las festival? Where they, yeah, where they burn these effigies and well, these big sculptures. Yeah. Like No, so I've, I've never been to Las Fayas. Okay. Because uh, I was there from like June till December. I still have to go. But I think there was a holdover from that event mm -hmm. uh, that it wasn't able to happen. And they had a, I don't even know how to describe it. They were just firewalkers, basically. So people, okay. people with sort of uh, fire repellent gear on, kind of. And they had wheels that were just lit up, mm -hmm. uh, like in flame. And they were just basically like flames going absolutely everywhere. This little, uh, yeah, just... Nice little, uh, little, I don't know, not circus. What do you call it when people are walking around? Parade. Parade! That's the word. <laughs> I'm a native English speaker. I'm good at this. Don't worry. Um, I feel <laughs> yeah, good. it was, I feel it, it was insane because I remember just like, it's one of those cultural contrasts where I was like, yeah, in Canada, I don't think they'd allow this to happen at all. And they definitely wouldn't let us be two meters from these people because the flames were kind of like shooting out. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is insane. I love it Europe very cool. for that. Like the level yeah. of danger that like, like, like fireworks. Third Berlin. degree burns, baby. Yeah. Woo. It's just like, you, you'll figure it out. We, we can do this. You take, you take your own precautions. You know, it's not up to us to make rules about yeah. this. In Australia, we wouldn't be able to do it. I'd say Portugal also wouldn't do it either because of um, chance of uh, bushfires. Yeah, you'd think in Spain yeah. they'd be a bit worried as well, but nope, they love their fireworks. Yeah, actually, they have had bushfires in Spain. I'm sure, no? it's, I mean, they must. It's, it's a pretty must. dry place. Yeah. But, but it's funny because like I was up in the Netherlands, and they, they go... Like I was there for a New Year's one year, and it was, it was traumatic. Well, St. Berlin's famous for being like traumatically, dangerously fireworks heavy on yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it's, if it was like for the one night, that's fine, but it was the two weeks leading up to it. Oh, truly. In, yeah. in Berlin, it's purely that day. Like oh. maybe the day before, that's some okay. dicks might be doing a few, yeah, but, no, like, no. but like everywhere, like on every street, people will just be setting off fire. So it's like you don't know where they're coming from. Yeah, no, no. I yeah. was like, uh, yeah, I was with, uh, we, it was with uh, Carly, my partner, mm -hmm. and uh, we were dog sitting a dog, and I was. Oh, the poor dog. Well, the thing is, I was more scared than the dog after a while. Oh, shit. <laughs> really? Because dogs really don't like. Fireworks. Dogs do not like fireworks. I was, yeah. I think it's, they were just happening all the time. And at some point, at like I remember two thirty three in the morning, like it was so loud, a car alarm went off, and I was just finally falling asleep. And it just kept happening. And I remember I was just lying in bed shaking. I was like, I can't. I was like, I never put me in a war zone. I am a pussy. Yeah, like, right. These are just fireworks. They can't hurt me. I just like. Absolutely not. Right, I yeah. I'm not like I would not do well. In I would not do well. And like I'm okay with fireworks actually, ish. But like, 
ish, but I'm not a, yeah. Like, sh- pro- sh- like not prolonged periods. Like, short periods, I can yeah. handle it if yeah. I'm psychologically prepared for it. But, like, in Edinburgh, I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the pod, but there was a point in Edinburgh one day where they had these, like, huge, I don't know, I didn't even see it, but a massive, like, fighter jet flew over where, you know how, like, the sound is, and, like, it yeah. shook the whole fucking city. I was terrified. I was like, Russia has come. Like, that's exactly where my brain went immediately. It was like, yeah. there is, like, shit is going down now. This would be a good target. You know, whatever. Like, my first thought was Russia. I don't, then I was like, it could be any number of fucking organizations. And there was an Australian standing right next to me. And yeah. he was just like, when's the next one going to come? Like, didn't have a single thought of fear enter his mind about it. Yeah. And I'm like, is this because I'm just, like, like you know, it's very sensitive and maybe a little bit too close to, like, I was very, I felt very, um, very close to Ukraine when the war started because yeah. I have a lot of Ukrainian friends and I, I met a lot of Ukrainian refugees and Berlin is quite close. It is. To yeah, yeah. Geographically, it's really not that far. It's really not that really far. Really not that far. No, yeah. and we, like, and I was talking with my friends, like exit strategies if we need to, yeah. when and if, if and when it Russia happen. comes. So the thing is, that was my reaction. Yeah. But you were saying um, your dad worked on an air force. You grew up on an air force. Like yeah, I grew air, up on an air force base. Yeah. Air force base. Yeah. yeah. So are you scared when you hear big planes, or is that just excitement? No, I, I don't. I don't think I really care either way. Okay. I never okay. cared that much about planes. Like there were a lot of F-18s that flew overhead, so yeah, they had was military like, fighter jets. Yeah. And uh, well, they were CF-18s because it was Canadian forces. Okay. Of course. Of course. Important. Just to be technical in case my dad does listen to the podcast, he'll appreciate that. He's proud of he's you. A, he's a, yeah, he loves the planes, but <laughs> they're, they're, he, he loves the plane. He, he's like a dog. Every time a plane shows up, he goes running to the, to the window, takes a look out. We live close to an airport. It's, it's so cute. That's adorable. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's lovely. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like um, human bird watching. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, yeah, planes don't really freak me out too much. Okay. Uh, obviously, I, like I've been paying attention to what was going on and like, in, what, like what is going on in Ukraine mm-hmm. and what's happening with, uh, with the, the Russian Federation over there. Uh, the Russian Federation. Interesting. Yeah. I'm listening to a podcast about this right now. Uh, so <laughs> I'm trying to update my my lingo yeah yeah okay i think so I, I, I think you call it russian federation as opposed to russia yeah well so my basic understanding of it uh thanks to timothy snyder and me listening to podcasts while i walk around so admittedly sometimes i'm a bit half distracted but the general idea of it is that well if you start to call it muscovy after moscow or you call it the the russian federation mm-hmm. it indicates when you think of russia you just think of the russian people mm-hmm. but when you look at russia it's composed of ethnicities oh, from yeah. all like all different kinds of ethnicities mm-hmm. so just calling it russia in that sense it can yeah that can yeah. be that's a yeah the power of language that can really start yeah. creating some some yeah. little uh, yeah neuro pathways in your mind that aren't helpful for dealing with people it's very important as well i think talking i mean i think people are more aware of this as well like talking about kiev instead of kiev yeah you know the different spellings of it yeah. and how we think that they're harmless but at the end of the day they do actually they serve something in someone somehow. Like language yeah. does that very quietly, very passively. But so yeah. I'm trying to think about it. But it does feel. I just saying it right now. I, I did feel like a loser saying the Russian Federation. Something <laughs> <laughs> like no, you, you visually re, like I saw that you reacted to you saying that, so that's why I called it. Yeah, because I, I was no, because I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah. How does this feel? It's the first time I've done this. <laughs> like, like the first time you've done anything. You're like, I don't know if this is. Yeah, this feels is strange. This, is this cool? <laughs> is this, you know... Am no, I cool? No, <laughs> just getting a giant L on my forehead. Oh. Did everyone notice? <laughs> I said it super smoothly, right? Yeah. Like, you didn't notice any hesitation Your in my voice? Your face crumbled, though. Your yeah, face yeah. Crumbled. I was like, Started oh. sweating again. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, shit. Also, because I was like, it is particular, and I'm going to have to answer a question. I'm like, do I remember the details of the podcast? I don't. I don't, do I? I'm going to have to listen to that one again. Well, yeah, yeah you explained that really well. I think that's a really nice, um, yeah, I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah, fuck Just it. hope it's accurate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, that sounds absolutely accurate. The, the, the government is referred to as the Russian Federation, right? So, Or yeah. at least the governmental body that, that represents the, the, the state of Russia. 
Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! We're going down a we're going down a wormhole here. Have you been to Russia? I have not, okay. unfortunately. No. I uh, I would have gone uh, years and years ago, but I never I, I didn't uh, didn't have a chance. In the lockdown, I was doing some online comedy. Uh-huh. I performed on a comedy show in Moscow. Uh-huh. This was in 2020. So I always thought like I always thought like, oh, maybe when the pandemic lets up one day if I could get a visa, I'd pop over there. Yeah. Even that comedy show, they shut down because they were like we're done. We can't because it was obviously comedians don't really like to be censored, so I oh, do like the, yeah. the number of um, I know so many Russian comedians now that have moved to Berlin because they got death threats yeah. and they had the um, like the Russian intelligence come to their shows and uh, oh yeah. shit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I'm good friends with quite a few Russian comedians who yeah. have had to escape like yeah. have had to run away basically yeah and then there's all the Ukrainian comedians of course but like a very strong um, uh, representation of Russian comedians are now based in Berlin yeah. Interesting. Very, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you gotta um, have somewhere to speak out against the the regime. So yeah, Berlin is yeah. a good place for it. Yeah, but Germany's Germany's still a sketchy country, though. Its relations with Russia for years have been. Oh, right? I don't want this to get super political, but uh, yeah. Well, we're in a very political city. I've, it's I've true. learned. So it's true. It's, it's natural for it to go that way. Um, uh, I don't know shit about what um, Germany's relations just, with Russia. Are well, like. just traditionally, back in the day, if you looked like uh, under the Soviet Union, of course, you had East Germany, which was, uh, mm. you know, the DDR was very, very cozy with uh, the Soviet well, Union. Well, basically, was yeah. the Soviet yeah, Union. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. yeah communist as well. Yeah. But a lot of things that were like a lot of sort of uh, ways of shipping things across, getting across, they went through Germany. Also Austria. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. so there was it was very often Germany and Austria were like a bridge to the east oh, okay. so a lot of those relations they continued to be pretty cozy especially when Putin and his gang who are from the KGB mm -hmm. they come back into power so years later as this is you know, as this is going on, some of these really old networks with old companies, mm. different companies that have had these relations. Absolutely, and there's like, there's yeah. still like the old, gen like there was still for a long time and still probably like still a few people and definitely passed down generationally, but like that old generation of, like it went sort of, like the east of Germany still considered like the, the Nazi, like the neo-Nazi or the Nazi base sure. in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. And then those people, were absolutely in the higher ranks of the DDR, like of East, like Soviet, yeah. Soviet Germany, basically. And so there's like, yeah, those connections with like sort of Nazi companies and that then like DDR, like those, yeah, it's still very, yeah, yeah, there's still problems and, there. Huh? And even, I mean, uh, you had the Nord Stream pipeline, which is the pipeline mm -hmm. shipping in natural gas from Russia. Mm -hmm. Then they had the Nord Stream 2 project. And on the European level, uh, the Germans were the ones who were pushing it, maybe, I guess they're obviously, you know, one of the most important countries in the EU, if not the most important country. Yes, we but they've are. Been, but they've been, they've been pushing, <laughs> I like how you laugh after that, like, <laughs> Just me saying we is so funny. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so they, they were pushing for this natural gas to come from Russia, even mm. though for years, Ukrainians and many others have been warning about exactly this kind of threat. Yeah. Like, uh, so, yeah, it's yeah. also... Also, also that context. Problematic. Yeah. Problematic. I did hear during um, during pandemic, Moscow was uh, pretty liberal with uh, like like zero corona oh, regulations, yeah? and yeah. apparently um, there were a lot of people that well, from a few of the Russians that I know, like Moscow became a bit of like a a fucked in. Like everyone was just like partying and going crazy Shit. in Moscow because it was one of the few places that you really could do that. Oh yeah. Which is kind of cool. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to go to Russia, but. Yeah, no, it's like, it's funny, is the, the more you know politically, the more you're like, like, um, I'm still like, even now, I, I'm not a, I'm not very interested or let's say motivated in going to the US anytime soon. Like, I really want to, really want to wait until like politically it feels like some change need, like, I will visit and I've been to the US, but it's like, as a, as a society, like there's, it's very problematic right now. And I feel this, Scary. of course, Russia. Scary, it's yeah. Scary. The U.S. is a, like yeah. it's a scary country to think about visiting. Yeah, like I was talking. It's scary. It, it is yeah. right. It is yeah. like I was. I have. Um, I just published the episode with. Um, uh, uh, she's from, Oak, Oak, Oakland. Yeah, that's a place. Just gonna uh, close the door. Yeah, yeah, no problem. 
Um, but yeah, I just published the episode with her. Her name's Angela Scrivani. She was just back there. And I was just talking like candidly. I'm like, I, I do not feel comfortable going to the States. I'm like, I'm not motivated to go to the States anytime soon. Like yeah. I would prefer to avoid being in that space because I am scared you know, gun laws and just the way shit goes down. It's like, it's not like it's gang violence, which um, meeting up with Quentin today, he was talking about like gang violence is apparently really increasing in Brussels. Brussels, Antwerp, yeah. Yeah. As well, yeah. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Pew, pew, yeah, pew. we got the port. We got yeah. the port in Antwerp and a lot of drugs come in there. I just gotta say, I'm open to doing some cocaine tonight. I want to test this fucking <laughs> shit, man. Like, I, I hear it's good stuff here, but I don't believe, I also don't believe that. Um, well. I'm not that excited by coke, but like, <laughs> You know, when in Rome, like, <laughs> I'm not an Antwerp though. But <laughs> well, you got a full night ahead of you, so. And quite a late plane tomorrow, so it's fine. Um, but where was I going with this? But um, yeah, visiting places, like, um, yeah. I'm, I'm cool to hear you say this, that as well, because Canada being so close to the US, <laughs> it's like for you to be like, no, the US is scary right now. Like, I feel less yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, some of that seeps into Canada as well. Yeah. I mean, some of the politics and everything and even... Sure. Europe, I think it's, I mean, politically, it's also getting quite a bit scarier. I still don't think you have the same kind of citizen threat. No. Like, we don't have school shootings here. No. no. But, yeah, there's still a lot of the politics, the overarching, like, uh, pretty uh, racist, yeah. homophobic, sexist politics that are, uh, that are quite prevalent there. They're, like you were saying, even in, in, in East Germany with a lot of the neo-Nazis that are kind of coming back to power, the... Uh, yeah. Or even like the state like Poland, for example. It's like, Jesus fucking Oh, yeah, horror. very anti-democratic. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like homophobic and anti-abortion. Oh, yeah. It's like, hold on, where are the women, where is anyone's rights here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Europe right now is also in a pretty sketchy place in a lot of, in a lot of regards. Depends yeah. where, but yeah. I, yeah. Would, I don't know, something about the U.S. And I mean, I know it's not like you're just going to walk around and get shot. Like, but No. But for sure, the perceptions and understandings of the country, it's like, whew, it is definitely a, like... Imagine raising a kid there. I, I just, I couldn't imagine doing no, that. No, dude, no yeah. way, no way. I feel the same about Australia. Like Australia doesn't have gun problems, and I just, uh, that's a very different topic. Very different topic. But we've only got, um, only got like, let's say, oof, like a few minutes, a few minutes, because then I gotta go out and meet a friend at five thirty. So it's been a packed day, Jesus. But um, okay, let's do that. Like any, like any, like um, any, like crazy kinky shit like i don't know there's like there's lots of i like that we're just jumping right into the kinky. yeah i'm just like yeah, let's, let's go, go somewhere let's go. kinky like maybe you're like i don't know there's nothing but like does brussels i was gonna say luxembourg does brussels have any of like a kink scene or any like a is it more known for like a, a strong queer scene or like what is the what's yeah. the vibe here uh i would i mean i'm not i'm i'm very vanilla mm -hmm. honestly i'm i'm quite <laughs> vanilla um, but I would say it's got a pretty, it seems, based on my friends, it seems to have a pretty decent queer scene. Okay, yeah. This is, keep in mind, the place that during the lockdown there was a 25-man orgy, a member of the European Parliament who has also uh, put forward homophobic legislation back in Hungary. He was caught escaping out of the, out of the window, he was getting down a drain pipe, no. and he had a bag of drugs in his backpack. No! And he was caught, this was in, this was in Brussels, and this was happening during the lockdown. That is a wonderful story. Oh, it's incredible. And it's very funny. 25, yeah. so we're talking like a male men. gay orgy. Yes. 25 man yeah. orgy. And he was, and he's been, he's famous for putting forward homophobic legislation yeah. in Hungary. Yeah. What a cunt. Oh my God. Couldn't have, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I mean, I literally couldn't have because I'm Canadian and when I say that word, it just does not hit right. Say it. <sighs> Come on. <sighs> Call me a cunt. <laughs> Don't make me do this. It's, it's not right. There's... Who's someone that you hate? <laughs> say Hitler's a cunt. <laughs> I think you could start a podcast just trying to get like North Americans. <laughs> I need to hear you say it. Just like... Who do you think? Who is one? Who is one? Come on. Come on, say it, say it. The thing is, like, I do sometimes say the word, but it's usually, like, under my breath when nobody's around, you know? I do, I do, I will say it, but... It... I think the key with, with saying the word cunt is, like, to say the T as little as possible. <laughs> like, it's like, it's, it's a pronoun, like, if you can say it like an Aussie says it, then it's, like, it's somehow friendlier and gentler. But, like, when, uh, when North Americans will say it, it sounds so mean. Right, like can't, like can't, <laughs> like it's like a. There's more it sounds a, like you're talking about a philosopher now. Yeah, I can't do that. I yes. can't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, can't, can't. In yeah. Australia, we would say can't. Yes, even though it is can't. Yeah. Okay, so I can give you one 
slightly spicy story. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, which happened to me last year. I was out and about on the town with several friends. This German Canadian little <laughs> catchphrase is there. Okay, out and about. <laughs> I was out and about. New dude to boot it. I was rocking and rolling, just having a, a gay old time with my friends. <laughs> so, anyways, in, yeah. In, in, in Brussel. In, in the <laughs> Brussel. Brussel. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> having a gay old time with my friends in the Brussel. In Brussel. We were by uh, Brussel Central. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't know. We, it was one of those nights that started off a soft night, went to like a punk rock show and was just kind of like, oh, maybe we'll go to this bar for a beer. Mm -hmm. It's a bar where, uh, sometimes my friends are. So I just showed up, caught, saw a couple friends. So I ended up continuing on with them, went from one bar to another, to another. Mm -hmm. It ends up being seven in the morning, seven mm -hmm. 30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, me and one other, uh, friend of a friend, Mm -hmm. who was there was still uh, down to keep going, but the bar closed at like eight in the morning. Mm -hmm. So we walk out onto the streets. Our other remaining friends are like, I'm done with this. Like I'm going home. Yeah. Like, reasonable human beings. Uh, but me and this other friend, we were like, want to keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. Let's go so we just walk out onto the streets and there's just a large group of people walking past and we just start talking to them because it's eight in the morning. You know, that's what you do. Yep. And we're just like, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, we're going to an after party. We're like, cool. So we just, Perfect. So we just decided to join them. Like we, did, we just invited ourselves. We didn't really say anything. And it turns out that the girl I was with actually knew somebody in the group. So that's... Okay. So we get into... Reassuring. Yeah. I remember we get to the, the person's apartment. And like as we go up the stairs, there's probably about 10 to 12 of us there. And, uh, and I, I remember the guy whose apartment it was. He's, he just looks at us and just goes like, okay, we got to be really quiet while we're walking up the stairs. Like, don't speak. So everyone's like, yeah, sure. But we still sounded like fucking elephants. Just yeah, like, boom, boom. we get in there. Uh, and then like, I guess it maybe five or 10 minutes in, I noticed that people were like starting to take their clothes off. And no way. <laughs> this was like, no one said anything. Yeah, nobody and said anything. Wow. Well, because they didn't know that we didn't know, right? Like, I think it was yeah, one of those. Okay. So they start taking their clothes off and people are starting to like make, make out, out and suddenly, <laughs> suddenly somebody's like sucking somebody else's dick. And <laughs> then I walk into another room and there's a woman who's being like eaten out by one guy and another guy's above her playing with her tits. And Amazing. it's all just like, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> we stumbled into like an after sex sex party. Ooh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So like you fucked everyone. <laughs> I did not. Did you? I sat back and chilled. You just you stayed in there. You stayed. Yes. I should have left. Uh, probably. Why? Well, I, I, I might have no. might have upset Carly a little bit. Oh, you were with Carly. <laughs> no, she. Well, yeah, we were together, but like okay. in relate. But she was she wasn't there at the night. But okay. I just, yeah, so. Okay. Okay. So it's a little, okay, maybe a little, a little bit on the. But the thing was, people were like offering, but it's like the cool thing about being at that sex party was just like everybody was just so like down with consent. Somebody's nice. like, hey, would you like to fuck me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no thanks. Okay, cool. That's amazing. And I was like, nice. That's what I like. You went to a really nice sex, like a really random, nice, yeah, welcoming were, sex party. And I just, I just chatted with people for a while. I was just having chats with people there, and I talked to one, uh, to one uh, young woman, and I was like, uh, so like, she's like, how did you end up here? I was like, oh yeah, I just met you on the street, and she's like, oh, so you weren't at the sex party? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, it's cool. You're nice. And I'm like, thanks. You could have been anyone. Could have been, but you know, we were chill. We were chill, right? Like we were, we were just chill. Um, I just joined you on the street. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see this moment of like, huh, that's weird. But also, yeah, you guys are cool, so it's yeah, all right. Because like, they really thought that we were just with them the entire time. But you know, it's like, you probably first met most of these people that night and you're just off on an adventure. You know how it is like a night out on the town and suddenly there's just two more people there. And you're like, oh, all right, cool. You must know this person or, you know. That specific yeah. moment is just hilarious. Just oh, like great. how you would have felt like, oh no, like, no, nah, I just met you on the street. <laughs> like, it just, 
yeah, like, because you could have been ejected at that point very quickly. Like, it yeah, could have yeah. been like, a, what are you doing in here? We don't know you. Yeah. But, um, well, it, I think it helped that the host wanted to bang me. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. He wanted to do something with me. I don't know what, but yeah. But, but had to have you there, at yeah. least. He wanted but, you to see things. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I asked her as well. It was quite quite an interesting conversation because I was like, oh, is this like, like have you done this before? And she's like, oh, this is my second time. Okay. I was like, well, what was it like? She's like, well, the first time I was scared, I kind of just sat back and watched and chilled out. I was like, what about this time? She's like, oh, I dove in. Yeah. I was like, how is it? And she was like smiling. She's like, amazing. Just yeah. awesome. Like she was loving it. It's a lot of fun. Like yeah. I have been to quite a few and um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's something very healthy for humans to see group sex and to, and to be in that environment. Yeah. I think, it's, um, I think it changes your comfort with your body, your comfort with sex, increases your understanding of consent. And um, yeah, I think it's a really healthy human activity. I don't think it's like insane. I think it's very healthy. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. That's, that's the thing, right? Because yeah. uh, it, it was one of those, like I would have left if I felt uncomfortable mm -hmm. or weird or anything. I, the reason that I stayed was because I was just like, you were just, you'd, you were almost about to come, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was just masturbating on the couch and I was like, this is fine. Nobody minds. Oh, uh, but no, it just, it, it felt so calm and relaxing. And so it like, just, just chill. Like nobody yeah. was no, like nobody was pressed. Nobody felt disturbed. I didn't feel disturbed. I, yeah. I didn't feel pressured or anything. And it was, um, it was also very funny because at some point, like, it was time to leave. Like, it got to, like, 10 in the morning. And uh, the woman that I came with, she was like, uh, she was like, all right, I need to leave. But I need, I was like, let's just take a tram because she lived in the same neighborhood as me. Yep. She's like, I don't take trams. Okay. She's like, but I'm going to order a thing. And then she had to get her, her uh, like, her, I don't know, it was an iPad or whatever out. Okay. She needed the Wi-Fi, so she had to go into the room where the, the owner was, like, you know, whipping somebody and was like, hey, do you, do you have a Wi-Fi password? <laughs> that is the best question to ask at an orgy. Yeah. Like, sorry, sorry. Does anybody um, have the Wi-Fi? Okay. Just show me where the motive is. It's Oh my God, that's yeah, I remember just, I remember, and, and I was just sitting back laughing because she really struggled. First of all, the app wasn't working very well. Finally, she calls it. She's waiting around for 10 minutes and she's like, oh no, I called it to my house. Oh God. Okay. You guys have been drinking all night. Yeah. 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 Fuck. That's a great story. We've got to wrap it up. That was so All good. Right. Otherwise, I'd be sharing stuff about my filthy past. But fuck yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's a very cool yes. story. Yeah, it's I a, love that. It's a fun one. And like a really positive experience of a sex, like an after-sex sex party. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was, very, it was a very, very cool thing. And I, I kept mm -hmm. seeing like some, one of the guys from it at events afterwards because oh, we listened to the same music. Oh, that's and he's hilarious. Like, so it's cool. It's cool. I can see that us two were into the same thing and I like I still didn't have the heart to tell him like I just showed up at that party dude. yeah like, like that was just me following a group of people yeah. to, a, to another venue really I haven't told him poor guy he just thinks you're some perv that doesn't want to fuck with him anymore like, yeah. like you've got your own like community of sex parties and you you're blocking him out of it exactly that's yeah. so funny that's yeah. so funny uh thanks so much for having me on oh, and dude. actually thank Pleasure. you so much for coming out to brussels uh amazing to have you at uh insecurity dangereux oh it was so Would nice love to have you back i will happily i will so happily come back I amazing love thank you for having me of course. um where can people find you uh, so of course, uh, mainly Instagram. Yep. I'm a, an Insta ho. If that's like a, yeah. there's a jazz in your handle. What is it? Trizcom. Triz. Sorry. T R I Z Z. Jazz. Jazz Triz. <laughs> Jizz Traz. Yeah. Jizz Traz. That's, that's my yeah. Trizcom uh, on Instagram is the main place that you'll find me. <laughs> jazz. Jizz, jizz, com, like just can't, like there's a lot of potential there. Um, okay, cool guys, cool yes. guys. Um, that's been out. So come to Brussels, come to these shows. Come hang out, come watch shows. Find we got lots of comedy, new scene, fun exactly. stuff. Lovely people. Up and coming. Good sex parties. <laughs> if you stumble into the right one. Even if you're just watching. <laughs> and need the Wi-Fi. Solid eight out of 10. Yeah, the Wi-Fi, you try to get it when you walk in just in case. Oh my God, so good. the wise. All right, guys, it's been a pleasure. It's been Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Thank you so much. Uh, Berlin and Brussels. Thank you so much and goodbye. Bye.